From the beginning, we started Everyday Driver to help people find cars they will love. Commuting is a chore, but driving should be fun. If you like to drive, then there are cars where your budget, needs, and fun all intersect, and we want to help you find them. I'm Paul. I'm Todd, and this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate you listening and tuning in and not only listening, but watching the videos as well. So uh, we really, yeah. uh, we're having some fun with the car debates and uh, a couple of interesting ones tonight to start off with. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, like I said, we're, we're always diving in and trying to find uh, interesting car debates that, uh, <laughs> you know, are, are going to dig up cars in both Todd and I's minds about things that we've seen in the past or, or uh, you know, just... Yeah. Not yeah. necessarily obscure cars, but I've got a couple tonight that I, I think are going to be hopefully interesting and engaging and sort of make you think here. Because you went, uh, you went digging off into the weeds, I, didn't you? I kind of did a little bit, but I, I think I think they're <laughs> viable because we've got okay. Mike from right. Virginia. He's written in, and uh, he's got a, a really high mileage Honda Ridgeline, looking for what's next, mm-hmm. and he's mm-hmm. named some usual suspects here that I want to acknowledge, but give him some other choices here. Yeah. And then yeah. Damon and from he's, Pennsylvania. And he's looking for a wagon. He carries stuff. That's the thing that's yeah. about Mike. But sorry, go on about Damon. Go yeah, on. yeah. Uh, Damon from Pennsylvania. He's also written in for a third car, looks like. Uh, and uh, mm-hmm. he's a Porsche lover like, uh, well, actually both of us are now. So more on that news here in just a little bit. <laughs> but, uh, uh-huh. yeah, we've got uh, we've got some fun news to share here. Well, very interesting. Yeah, we are going to get into uh, Damon's discussion. I like that he's he's looking for a convertible, doesn't have one in his life right now. And he said, yes, the world's uh, worst violin song because, you know, it doesn't have a uh, convertible. That yeah, has a bunch darn. Of other fun stuff. I don't have but a convertible. We're to talking about that. But, but first, hang on. We should talk about this thing that's going on in the news, and it relates to something that one of our fans, Dammy, wrote in about. Uh, he's a longtime fan of ours, and he wrote in about a, an alternate electric car because, of course, the electric car getting discussed all the time is the Tesla Model S. And we have driven it. And I'm sure by now you've heard not only of the Model S, but you've heard of the Model S with the dual motor, so the D with insane mode, and on and on and on it goes. You can't get through a week right now without Tesla news. But oh, this yeah. Past week, this past week, there was news that I wanted to stop and talk about. Because as you've probably heard by now, the Tesla updates itself. Just like your computer. I mean, actually, Elon Musk, in this latest uh, press thing, you may have read this, Paul, he made a comment where he said, while we do make a product, the Tesla Model S car, uh, while we do make a product, we consider ourselves a software company. And I've been saying that forever. (laughs) That's how they operate. When we drove that car, we talked about it in the review, that it feels like software people made a car. You know, I feel like they're a software and a battery company that by the way, mm-hmm. builds cars. I mean, if you haven't checked out their Gigafactory yeah, yeah, yeah. being built outside of Reno, Nevada, I mean, they are very serious about battery manufacture it's size, and taking... It's the size of a city. It's oh, yeah. unbelievable. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're going to take range anxiety out of lexicon, out of the public mm-hmm. consciousness. That's no longer well, going to exist. And that was, you're right. And that was the part of this whole update, is, is, the, is the headline for the update. And of course, mm-hmm. because the uh, reason I bring up software is because they push the new operating system software, just like your computer or your phone, they push it to your car via Wi-Fi when the car's parked overnight. They just push it to it. You get in and, oh, look, new operating system, which is kind of nutty to think about in a car, but that's what happens. Their newest one, the headline was, we're removing range anxiety. But it was kind of a bait and switch because that was the lead headline, right. which is essentially software that now tells you, hey, here's how you, far you are from a supercharger. You might not want to go this direction because you can't get back to one. Helpful, but under that, like the back half was the part that was interesting, which is 
they're making these cars autonomous, driverless on the freeway. I mean, you'll be sitting there, but it will drive itself on the freeway. That's also included in this update. Oh, by the way, <laughs> which is is very Steve Jobsian in its delivery mm-hmm. and and the way it's mm-hmm. couched. However, you feel about Tesla, however you feel about autonomous driving, and the enthusiast yeah. in all of us. If you're listening, I, you're an enthusiast. Mm-hmm. The enthusiast in all of us is screaming out, no, how can this possibly be? I wouldn't bet against Tesla. Let's put it that way. Having gotten to drive right next to SpaceX and they're quite literally shooting rockets into space, I think it's just fascinating what they're doing. And you're right. Everybody well, is – they're constantly in the news about this. But I'll go you one better. Not only do we not vote against them. I mean here's the thing about it that I think is, is simultaneously fascinating and frightening and that is this. Autonomous cars are in the news. They will be coming. Sure. But you keep hearing about, okay, they're testing them in Nevada, and okay, Audi's got one they're driving across country, and there's, you know, it's like a convoy of cars around the, the, the autonomous car driving somewhere as a test. That's not what this is. This is actual cars in actual people's garages that are going to be on the road already, that are on the road, that will now have this capability. This isn't six months from now. This isn't, hey, it's coming and the government's watching it. These are cars on the road. You see a Tesla yeah. next to you on the freeway. There will be a genuine possibility that that driver is now a passenger. It's just true. You know, I've been thinking about this. I, If you're listening from Europe or let's say any other country besides the United States, will you write to us and tell us your opinions on this? Because I feel like we've had a, autonomous cars for years. They're called trains. If you want to get from point A to point B and do your work and commute and it's a 30-minute commute from city yeah. to city, you get on the train because they've got such yeah, fabulous sure. interconnected sure, sure. train systems. Autonomous yeah, yeah. cars and the autonomy that we speak of really is only being targeted at the United States because of the land, because of the wide open space that we mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it's going to be more prevalent in cities, but for right now, it's commuting long distances and you want to just – Get work done. You want to open your laptop. You want to get some business done. Yeah. Your phone calls and so you done. you take the train. Yeah, I get that. I get a that. lot of people have taken the train for years, and they're kind of going, mm-hmm. "Why wouldn't you just build a train instead of having cars do this?" Now there is a, yeah. a lot to the autonomy of that car taking you to a specific address, which a train cannot. Exactly. Yep. Which yep. Exactly. changes the game entirely, mm-hmm. and I get mm-hmm. that. It's it's a different headspace, but I just kind of think. <laughs> Why don't you just get on a train? It's kind of accomplishing the same thing, but yeah. not really. It It isn't. But I, I'm just Here, here's the thing. kind of laughing at this. I, I think this is a really interesting thing because, well, I, I think the most interesting thing about it, I've already said, and that is these cars are on the road. These cars are in people's right. ownership. This is going to be next to you on the freeway. Whether that bothers you or not is, is not the point. The point is it's here. It's not coming. It's here now which I find fascinating. And I want to kind of circle back to our, our fan, Dammy, that wrote to us about the Elio. It's E-L-I-O. It's a little $6,000 startup. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tandem seat, like fighter jet seating, three-wheel, gets a lot of gas mileage. And his question was, is this the other end of the spectrum from Tesla? Or to put it another way, does this even seem like a viable idea? And my short answer is no. And here's why. I think Tesla is the beginning of where commuter cars specifically are headed. And I don't mean they're all going to be like the Model S. I mean, that's what autonomous cars are going to be used for. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised. I'm going, to go, I'm going to go one further. I think the HOV lane in major cities, take L.A. The HOV lane is gold in L.A. Oh, sure. But I think it's not going to be what's the low-emitting cars in the HOV lane. I think the HOV lane is going to turn into the autonomous lane. 
Because in the short term, what we're going to have is a world where you have autonomous cars driving next to cars driven by people. So there's going to be, I think, designated lanes, like you would have a bus lane, for those cars because those cars are going to be able to go tighter, faster, and more consistently than the normal stop and go of traffic with drivers behind the wheel trying to do 45 other things. I think those HOV lanes are headed toward autonomous lanes, and this is coming. That's my that's my prediction. I think you're right. Yeah, Dammy, thanks for uh, writing in about this. Eliomotors, Eliomotors, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but either way, named after the founder, Paul Elio. And I've been educating myself here, looking around, and they're claiming they've been all over the news, but haven't seen a whole lot about them. I, I hope to see more. I'm, I'm of two minds about this. I'm not exactly sure what to think because inexpensive, mm -hmm. yes, but this is appealing to the hypermiler, the person that is looking at the green leaves grow on the screen of their Prius <laughs> while they drive and sure. slowly roll away from the stoplight where the rest of us behind them honk their horns furiously. <laughs> a window into Paul. I, there we I, go. Yes, go on. I'm of two minds about this, and I think it will appeal to some people. I can't see this just taking over because, yes, commuting, but I, th I think the autonomous cars are going to be the better and more viable direction, honestly. I, I think it's interesting. But I don't think this is looking into the future. It's just looking into saving fuel. Now, I could be yeah, wrong on that. I, I hear that. I hear if somebody that. Yeah, wants to you know, support a different opinion, I, I could be totally wrong here, but use less is the thinking behind these cars, and so they don't cost sure, very much. Sure. And yes, they yeah, get good spend, gas spend mileage, less and but use less. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. even stylistically speaking and creature comforts, I'm just, uh, you know, is it going to appeal to everybody? I can't imagine that it would. Well, and, and that's the thing. I think the, the bigger question is who is going to really compete with Tesla? And my short answer is everyone. I mean, I know oh, that yeah. Elon Musk wants to come out Apple-style right now and talk about they're the only ones doing this. I bet you I would put money I don't have down that Porsche and GM right now and possibly BMW, who's already doing it a bit with the i8, are working furiously undercover to beat him to market in his $30,000 car. And I wouldn't be surprised if one of them does it. But I think the, the electric commuter car that can go autonomous, I think that is probably what you're going to see in the non-driver world. Now, we're talking to, mm -hmm. hopefully, everybody listening likes driving somewhat. This is not for us, folks, but if you're a <laughs> sure. person that commutes, the cars sure. have got to, let's be honest, you want to sit in your little metal pod and text and call and check your iPod, which I agree with you, Paul. Isn't that just a train now? But it's not going to be that way in LA. It's going to be no. a bunch of little uh, electric pods going everywhere, and yay, welcome to driving. Yeah, I uh, I find it interesting that Tesla's opened up their patents because they're essentially inviting competition. And some European yeah, friends, yeah. I've, I've talked to them about this, and they've told me that, especially in Germany, the pure electric model does not appeal to a buyer who's ready to spend that kind of money in a lot of cases mm. because they don't have any concerns about fuel costs. Many people in Europe do, and that's why they don't tear it across the Autobahn at the fastest their car can go because they actually yeah, yeah, yeah. want to save some money and save fuel. So if you're a person with that kind of money to spend, you're in the 7 Series or the S-Class or the sure, big Audi, sure. you're not considering a Tesla because it's capped at 190 kilometers per hour, whereas these other cars will well, go 250 plus. So sure, and also the fact that you're going to you burn through Tesla? your battery even faster. Yeah. You're going to burn through your battery even faster. I mean, we're talking almost a Germany-specific market thing. We here, are. I agree with you. I can't imagine that. But that ties back to your Germany. comments about Porsche, Audi, all these other companies. Mm -hmm. I think you're right, but I think it's going to be a slow transition for Europe to kind of 
get on board with what Tesla's doing and the rest of the population, the rest of the world well, already accepting But it this. depends on Europe. I mean, you and I have talked about the fact that Scandinavia loves the Tesla. And in Norway, right. it was like the most popular selling car ever for right. months and months on end. So, I mean, it depends on where we are talking about. But I agree with you. Germany is going to be a tough market to crack for these. I feel like we could talk about this for most of the podcast. We probably should go on to car debates. <laughs> you know, that's a great idea. But before we do, I'd just like to interject okay. about rating the podcast. And we've talked about this before. Oh, sure. You and I both mentioned this quite a bit. But if you're listening and you can give us a thumbs up, give us a good rating. If you like listening and mm -hmm. even if you've had mm -hmm. a you know, car debate written in, we would love it if you'd get a, a great rating for us because that helps us. It will grow the audience and uh, yep. that, that'll just help us grow grow further. Yeah, you guys interacting, not only sharing it with your friends, we thank you for listening first off, but if you'll share oh, yeah. it with your friends and you will interact by giving a rating and a review, that's the thing that helps it climbs in the ratings on both Stitcher and iTunes. Both of those accept ratings and reviews. It will climb. More people will find it. This will make the podcast grow even more. Thankfully, those of you that are finding it are thoroughly enjoying it. And many of you are writing and saying, yeah, I took a big car trip and I listened to every episode. I'm not <laughs> sure if I'm thrilled for you or I need to say I'm sorry, but thank you either way. So, right. uh, yeah, but thanks for doing that. And definitely, definitely rate. Absolutely. All right, Mike in Virginia. Here we go. Mike mm -hmm. has written in because he's currently driving an 07 Honda Ridgeline. It's got about 170,000 miles on it. And he's looking for something different. The, the, this car and the, and the prior car, a Honda CRV, he's been mm -hmm. handed to him. So he's saying, well, I can't complain about that, but he's really ready for something different. And based on what he's written in, he, he's suggested the usual suspects. And by that, I mean the Focus ST, the WRX hatchback, maybe a BMW well, 3 Series wagon, I would say even a Volkswagen GTR. Uh, GTI. We should clarify. GTI, yeah. We should clarify, though. GTR. Here's the, thing, here's the thing about Mike. Yeah, the Volkswagen GTR. What is that? Moving on. I'd like uh, to drive that car, actually. We should clarify, though. I, don't, I wonder what is that, that is. Is that Mike has, said, Mike has said he needs to have a car that he can drive year-round, and that includes a decent amount of snow. Mm -hmm. he, he goes to school in South Carolina but lives in Virginia. He needs a hatch because he's a cyclist and he normally carries bikes around. Well, that's a huge requirement right there. But what I find interesting about those two variables is the fact that he's laying it alongside, hey, guys, I've never had a manual transmission and I want one. So now we've got a wagon that can take bikes that is manual. This is hard. This is hard. I agree. I, the, the cars I've come up with, sadly, are not manual. I admit that off the get-go, but I gravitated towards these because they weren't the cars that we usually suggest for, you know, somebody who wants something fun but still commuting and, you know, needs stuff. Like he's saying, he, he's transporting yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. bikes and some people in here. He's looks like he's driving mm -hmm. 400 miles from South Carolina to Virginia about once a month. Well, that's kind of want to be comfortable in something here, and I, I yeah, understand that. Yeah, real road tripping. I totally agree. Yeah, so yeah. there's... He, he threw in the Focus ST, and he threw in the WRX hatch. Now, those are, yes, those are worth considering. We're talking manual. They'll be fun to drive. They would be decently sized. I mean, you can't go Fiesta ST. It's too small. You just can't. Yeah, no. So Focus ST, WRX, those are options. I agree with you, and I also agree with your point, Paul. Those are usual suspects. That He also would prefer certified pre-owned. I, this is getting harder and harder, but, but here's the thing. I don't know about, I mean, at some point, one of these factors is going to die. I think your point is, Paul, maybe the manual needs to die. I'm going to say this, though. Here's my tacky comment about what needs to die here. Hey, Mike, get a bike rack. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, get get one of those trailer hitch bike racks because here's the thing: if, if you if you don't have to have the bikes, I'm sorry. If you don't have to have the bikes oh, inside, now you have options because once you get the bikes inside, now we have to go significantly larger. Now I've got some options, but 
This gets trickier and trickier. I definitely <laughs> want to hear your group. I mean, a WRX hatch is worthwhile. He said he can't find one in his area. You're not the first to say that, Mike, that you're able to find one to test drive. Those cars, when you find good ones, you may have to search a long way away from you, and you may have to roll the dice or fly to that city and try it. If you're really chasing a specific car, I do recommend that idea. But let's talk other than the Focus ST and the WRX. Where are you, Paul? I've got uh, two choices here. And these intrigue me because every time I see these cars, I go, oh, yeah, huh. I wonder what mm, that's like. Okay. Those, those are intriguing. I, okay. I mean, maybe not for me. But I feel like both of them are in a category of going to be decently fun, excellent road trip cars, plenty of space. I researched them both, so they're both thirty grand, And okay. it's interesting. The first one is the Acura TSX Sport Wagon. Mm-hmm. Yep, you Agreed. never Agreed. had that on my list. Ever see those? The sport wagon version of that. It's mm-hmm. it's actually yep. pretty cool. And here I am looking at a 2013. It is certified, seventeen thousand miles, eighteen thousand miles, thirty grand. Mm-hmm. Now wow. it's not all wheel drive. And thirty grand's around his cap. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, yeah thirty grand's going. his cap. It's not all wheel drive, but it is front wheel drive. And as Todd always says, mm-hmm. winter tires. The end. It's all about the tires, folks. It all really about is. The tires. Totally agree. I don't think it's really a concern in the snow, and you can't you can't buy a car always thinking, well, I'm just going to be driving through piles and mounds of snow. Well, maybe you'll have a dry <laughs> year one year and get the car yeah, yeah. that you really want, fit your needs, and throw some good tires on it. Well, you'll be heck, fine. Here, here in Utah this year, Utah, which expects mounds of snow, we're expecting <laughs> snow to the hood line. We have <laughs> spent the, time. the winter essentially just sawing our way through our winter tires on dry pavement, which has been very frustrating while the places that aren't ready for it have got mounds of snow. But you're right. You can't buy a car just for its snow capabilities, and I am going to beat on it again. Call up Tire Rack, look online, get yourself some <laughs> Blizzax. Winter tires, folks, are more important than your drive wheels. But keep going. They are. Uh, I, I like this TSX thing. It's just stylistically, it's kind of interesting. It's going to be Japanese. Look what you can get. Yeah, 18,000 yeah. miles. That's barely broken in. You've barely driven the mm-hmm. thing. Well, and he has a grand. Honda history. He knows he knows those will exactly. run. Now, you're right. It loses it loses the manual option, but it's an interesting car. I do agree with that. That's why I gravitated towards that because you're Mike, you're used to Hondas, you like that, mm-hmm. and I thought that mm-hmm. might kind of hit the hot button for you there. All right, my second choice here, again, same same vein here. Okay. I found a 2015 Volvo V60 it's the all-wheel drive T5, so it's mm-hmm. the five-cylinder mm-hmm. turbo. Yep. I'm looking at yep. one right here, 12,000 miles. That's brand new for thirty grand. Do I you think, think 2015, that, too? I it's mean, a that's 2015. I feel it looks like those uh, the cars that they use in the uh, the Tour de France, and they've got bike racks and you know all the stuff over them. Yeah. I think they're actually cool You're with right. all the logos. Right. They, they look, it is, the it wagons is the, look cool. It is the bike rack chase car. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it's right. one of those You're cars. You're right. It's the Tour de France chase car. You're right. Well, here's the thing. If you go back a little bit, I don't know if it's the new one, but if you go back a little bit in the V60 range, and I'm going to get my years wrong, but go back prior to the current latest body style. You can get the V60 with a manual, I'm pretty sure. Now, it's going to be a bit of a unicorn. I don't know how easily you sure. can find it. But it was made that way. Best of luck looking for one. But it was made that way. And I, I had the V60 on my list for that reason. But you're right. Even in even in automatic, it would be a cool car. The, the new V60s are really cool looking. They're great. I don't know that that's all that much of an enthusiast car, but you're coming out of a Honda Ridgeline. I mean, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with the Ridgeline. True. But it's not going to feel like an enthusiast car. Neither did the CRV. 
that V60 would feel like a fun sport wagon. And I like your TSX as well. I mean, we're, we've died to manuals mostly here, but I, I do I kind of have. And that's why I pushed it towards these cars with the thought of uh-huh. a little bit more yeah, yeah, livable, yeah. comfortable people, bikes, that sort of thing. Now, as we've said before, all those – the other – three or four cars that we talked about, yes, they're going to be far more fun enthusiast options. But I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about this and I'm trying to fit the needs better here and see if Mike likes something like this. Because we can always recommend yeah, a I WRX mean, or a whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We can always there's say There's no question. Yeah, there's no question. You're right. The Focus ST and the WRX, how many times have we talked about it? Those cars are fun to drive. If you want to, then that's actually the question for Mike. Mike, do you want to lean more toward fun to drive and manual, right. or do you want to lead more toward utility and it has to haul bikes? That's why I'm making the joke about get a bike rack. Because if, <laughs> if you want to lean more funny. toward the enthusiast side of the equation, then you kind of lose some of your utility in, in pursuit of driving fun. That's just the nature of it. Yep. But if, if that utility is important, I love your recommendations of the V60 and the, uh, the TSX. I have two, actually. Okay, I'm curious. That are wild card-like because... Thirty grand is hard in these two recommendations. Thirty grand certified pre-owned is going to be very hard. Oh yeah. But my two recommendations are possible as a wagon with space, decently fun to drive, and manual. Okay, now, I'm curious. Welcome, welcome to your search, Mike. It's going to take a while to find these two variations in that, but here they go. One, the prior gen to the current latest greatest. The prior gen CTS wagon. I'm not talking the V. I'm talking the wagon body style of the prior CTS Cadillac. Okay. Interesting. Was available with a six-speed manual. So you can get yourself the V6, which is, I'm going to get it wrong, but it's around 300 horsepower. V6, manual transmission. It's got a good back hatch on it. I mean, it's, it's a decently sized car. It will definitely feel more sporting than your Honda Ridgeline. Probably more sporting even than the Volvo V60. I mean, it would depend. The V60 is smaller. But CTS wagon with a six-speed manual, I'm not talking the crazy V. I'm talking the standard wagon, six-speed manual. I like that. That could be really interesting. Question. Do they? Can you get the six-speed manual with the all-wheel drive? Do they offer that as an option? Theoretically, but now we're getting even more toward unicorns. I, I don't yeah. know if, if any of them left the factory that way, honestly. I mean, that would the CTS-V <laughs> was one. rear-wheel drive only in six-speed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. But I mean, if you could look and find one, that's possible. And the other one I thought of, and this one, this one's out there, going to be very hard to find. But hey, Mike, did you know that with thirty grand, you could buy a Porsche Cayenne, not an SUV, but Porsche Cayenne with a manual? <laughs> Not very many were made, but they exist. They're out there. If you wanted to take some time, six months or so, and just keep searching the U.S., I bet you you'd find one. They're possible. It's going to have a more sporting feel than your Ridgeline. It's going to feel every bit as sporting as any of the rest of these cars we've talked about, but it has a big put bikes in it, put people in it. It's an SUV. It's a possibility. It's out there, but it's but it's a possibility. So tell the people why Cayenne. I'm just... I'm just curious. Like, why? I didn't really. Why, I didn't really want to go there, but you can. I, I mean, you okay, kind of threw right, that fine. out there, Here, and I love it. Right. I, I love the suggestion because they are fun to drive. Okay, and very support. Sporty. I'll take. I'll take the. I'll take the bait in the left <laughs> turn here, and then we really should move on to Damon in, in in Pennsylvania. And and hey, Mike, I hope we've been helpful to you. But I will take take a left turn as to why Cayenne. And guys, there's more information on this coming. We're going to start doing, believe it or not, some long term ownership reviews, and this car is going to be included, so you guys can kind of walk with us yes. on us doing what we talk about. Let's. Buy Buy a used car that's depreciated horribly and is now a great car to get into. Uh, my wife is a truck fan, always has been, 
wanted to get out of our Acadia, wanted to get something more fun. We looked and looked and looked. In fact, maybe we should even have her on the show. I don't know. But we looked a I lot. We looked at a lot of things. And believe it or not, what our Acadia is worth is almost the same amount as a similar year, so 2010, Porsche Cayenne base. <laughs> we are the non-Porsche part of this equation. I am the non-Porsche fan part of this equation here at Everyday Driver. And yet, for the first time in my life, I now own a Porsche Cayenne. We bought it used. We bought it mid-20 grand. It only has 64,000 miles on it. We just got it like a week ago. My wife is in love with it. And this is a truck girl. She loves trucks. Oh, yeah. But yep. I am thrilled because of the way it drives. It doesn't drive like a big truck. She got the ride height she wanted. She prefers rear-wheel drive biased. The Acadia has massively front-wheel drive biased. Everything about this feels more special and fun to drive than our Acadia, and it was almost even money. It's insane. <laughs> it's amazing. It's insane. Now, now there are some of you out there that are already going, yeah, you bought a used Porsche, a used German car. Best luck to you on maintenance above 60,000 miles. You may be right, and that's why we're going to do long-term ownership videos and talk about what is it like. Is it killing us? Well, you'll find out as well as we do. Let's all hope and pray it doesn't. But yes. I am now a Porsche owner, and it's not just Paul, and okay, so that happened. Well, you know what's strange about this equation is you own a Porsche, and I do not. This for this is, five minutes of the world's existence, yes, that's true. This is crazy. I, I am waiting for you to buy yourself another one because I fully <laughs> expect, even though you sold your Cayman, that something else is coming with uh, a Porsche logo on it. On it. However, on it. as of right now, you're right. I own a Porsche. You do not. The world is off kilter. <laughs> uh, I do still have long hair. By the way, I want to clarify. I still wear the red shirt and I have the long hair. That's right. But, but yes, at the moment, things are a little off kilter because that's happened. Well, anyway, congratulations. It's a fantastic car. And yes, that is a viable recommendation because they are fun to drive. So, yes, Mike, hope we've helped. You've got a boatload of choices. But we will move on to Damon in Pennsylvania. And Damon wrote in. Mm -hmm. I, we really appreciate it. I, he's a Porsche guy. So speaking of Porsche, I like the, the vein right. that we're working in here. He has seen the 50 years of the 9-11 <laughs> film. So if you haven't, if you're listening, you haven't, Damon recommends it, as do we. Of course, mm -hmm. we like it. If you have seen it and haven't uh, reviewed it, review that guy. If you saw it on Vimeo, you saw it on, on Amazon, we want to hear from you yeah, guys. And, great, and others want to read what your reviews are. So definitely do that. But, yeah, Damon's in Pennsylvania. He has a few cars. He's had tons of sporty convertibles. Have you read this he's list? He's had an S2000. Yo, yes, oh he's had an S2000, an 85 Targa, a 2000 Boxster S, a 2006 911 Cabrio S. I mean, these are good convertibles. He does not own a convertible right now. He has a, you'll appreciate this, Paul, a track-prepped, a fully uh, caged, track-prepped Cayman S. I more than appreciate that. I've got a tear rolling down my so cheek over here. he's got that prepped for, he's got, well, I'm telling you, it's going to be moments until you want to push it, and I can just feel <laughs> uh, well, it. But anyway, we'll but, but he has a, he has a, a 2010 Cayman S, fully track-prepped, loves it, has a Honda Pilot. Hey, we're back to Honda again. There's the common thread. That he rarely drives, but he drives it in the winter if he needs to. So he has, he's had this history of convertibles and sporty cars. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. He misses having a cabrio. The woman in his life is not into, hey, honey, let's get in the caged Cayman and go to dinner, which, frankly, let's be honest, is understandable. <laughs> so he's trying to figure out, how do I get a somewhat usable convertible in my life? It doesn't need to be as crazy as the two-seat convertibles I've owned or certainly as crazy as the Cayman that I have that is fully track-prepped. I need a convertible, guys. What do you think? And he threw out, I have to say, he kind of beat us to the punch. He threw out the two obvious contenders for 
Which is great. And convertible He's power. already mm-hmm. thinking. And He's all right. thinking right. Damon's thinking very right. Keep going. Sorry. All right. So, uh, well, I, I thought about this uh, going out for a night in uh, in the race car in the Cayman. <laughs> if you're caught in weather in that car, yeah. I mean, it's probably lacking sound deadening. Any rainstorm is going to be like a snare drum on the roof. I mean, the gals in your life probably aren't going to like that. So I'm glad you're looking well, for yeah, something his, else his, here. His fiance, he needs a car that he likes that can be convertible feel that he can take his fiance out in and then go out for a night. You know what, man? Damon, I applaud you for thinking along those lines, yeah. especially since you've got your fun car. So you drove the S5, which I was going to recommend, and you drove the latest M3 Cabrio, which I was going to recommend. So you drove them both. I think we have to start right there. Well, all right. So Damon's got a budget around forty grand. I bet you we could come up with a few interesting things in this category. I like that you drove both of these cars because, Damon, you're already thinking. You're already trying to dig up well, what's going to still be fun for you. Really delight four seat, you know, your fiancé. I, I think that's yeah. great. Four-seat uh, sporty convertible is a small list. I mean, that's the oh, truth of it. Yeah. It's just a small well, you've list. you got your dogs to throw in the back grand. here. Maybe. I, yeah, let, let, yeah, anyway. I, mean, I, I love dogs, but I can't imagine throwing your dogs in the back no. of your M3 or your S5. Maybe you will, though. I mean, heck, why not? All right, so Damon's but, got a uh, question yeah. here. He's saying he drove the E92 M3. I agree. I fell in love with that V8. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. But the question is... Very fun car. Will this S5, the Audi S5 all-wheel drive system, impress you enough to buy that instead of the M3 Cabriolet? I say no. I... I I don't think so. I agree with you. You'll, I agree you'll with have you. a great His... all-wheel drive car, but mm-hmm. I think ultimately you will like enjoying owning that M3 Cabriolet better. Throw winter tires the on balance, it. Again, that comes up. The balance of the M3 is better. That's the, that's the bottom is. line of it. The S5 is very fun. The all-wheel drive is very nice. But I'll, honestly, Damon, I'll tell you, a couple years ago on a big snow year for Utah, I passed somebody in a Audi with all for tire spinning. Not because I'm a great driver, because they didn't have winter tires on and I did. Yeah. That S5 all-wheel drive system is great and all, but it's going to come down to the tires just as much as the M3. The M3 is going to have better balance to toss around. So the M3 with winter tires, I think that is the better choice of those two. But I've got a, I've got another thought. What's your other thoughts though, Paul? My other thought, the BMW 6 series, no, oh, yeah. Sure. Cuz those were sure, sure. Yeah. 90 to 100 new and they're a bigger, they are a truly a GT car. Maybe a little yeah, bit more space, yeah, yeah. more luxurious. The the styling I could I could leave that behind personally, but you might like them and use those things have probably dropped into the forty grand price range. Yeah, 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 but yeah, then yeah. if but you're up against an M three Cabriolet, yeah. I say get the M three. So why would you even consider mm-hmm. the six series? I'm just and I, there's something else. I will say it okay. snows in Germany too. They know about winter tires. <laughs> it's not that German cars yeah, are You're sun right. only. It snows in Germany. As a matter of fact, in northern Germany, it's sort of like, you know, nine months of winter and three months of bad sledding. It's <laughs> always gray there. So they get it. Point taken. Point taken. It, it does snow there. So it doesn't, yeah, put winter tires on your German car. You'll be fine. All-wheel drive or not all-wheel drive. I have one wild card that I thought of. All right. I looked at his list. I looked at his list. It's a lot of Porsche stuff. But he's got a lot of dedicated convertibles. I mean, come on, S2000 is in here. The the 85 911 Targa, the Boxster S, he's got a lot of dedicated convertibles. He wants four seats, but he's thinking about his fiance, and he's thinking mm-hmm. about something that's a little more of a grand touring car. This doesn't have to be hair on fire. So I went looking, and I have a thought for you. Here's my thought, Damon. What about a 997 generation? And you said you owned a 2006 911 Cabrio. I'm not going there. I'm not duplicating that. But same generation, 997, 
Targa 4S. You get your all-wheel drive for winter. You get that mm-hmm. great turbo wide-body stance. Be- that Targa, now the, the current Targa was got the, the silver roll hoop back. I'm not talking that. I'm talking the not prior that one, Targa, yeah. which has, it, it isn't, it's very close to a full convertible because it has this huge glass panel that folds back, but it still has the rigidity of a hard top car, or at least closer to a hard top car than a convertible does. You can have your all-wheel drive that you were intrigued by in the S5. You close that thing up, though, you could drive cross-country in any weather. You and your fiancé would love it. That's interesting. It's I like 911. This. I think it, 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 this is a left turn. It's not full convertible, but I think, it, I think it solves the convertible problem. I think it absolutely solves the grand touring problem. It's a car that you could take your fiancé anywhere in. They're sexy. It's all-wheel drive. That is my wild card recommendation for you, Damon. Have you gone shopping for that? Can you get those for forty grand? I'm just curious. Yes. You yes. can. Shop careful. Shop smart. There's not many, but they are out there. Yes. Okay. I love that Porsche solves everybody's car problems again. It solved yours. <laughs> I solved wasn't trying Damon's. to do that. I wasn't trying to do that. For the He's win. A I love guy. it. He's a Porsche guy. <laughs> so Targa. And, and, and here's the thing. I'm a guy that I, I don't, I'll be honest, I don't get the Targa. I don't get the new one. I don't get the old ones. It's not a car that intrigues me. But I read down Damon's situation and I go, Targa. Here's a Targa <laughs> of, the, of the 22 flavors that the 911 comes in. Yes, seriously. All-wheel there drive, one, there wide body, all-wheel drive. for everyone. Targa, there, it is, there it is. There is one literally for I, everyone. I think it's so anyway. hilarious. I, I think it does, actually, should... because you've identified this sub-niche buyer, which is Damon. <laughs> I think they're which is right. Damon. The 997 Targa was built for Damon, so please go buy one, Damon, so just, the Porsche can go. I'm just yep, smiling we did it right. There it is. I'm just smiling. There this it is. Great. All right. We should, <laughs> we should move on. We should move on to things that are not Porsches, except I will mention one more Porsche thing, and that is, yes, our 50 Years of 911 film, if you haven't seen it, it is available on Vimeo and on Blu-ray through Amazon, as is our newest film, Mid-Engines and Mountains, which is the Alpha 4C. Yes, Porsche again, Porsche Cayman, and the Lotus Elise, which is my first love. Uh, those are together in gorgeous mountains in California, so you can get that nice. on Amazon Blu-ray. Or if, if you want to, you can do Vimeo download or rental, so we would welcome your thoughts on those. So please chase those down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what non-Porsche news do we have, Paul? Well, I, I will <laughs> say uh, thanks for listening. Keep uh, keep posted to Twitter and Facebook for the updates that we're sending out for what we're doing for videos coming out yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, some new stuff. So. Keep your ears to the ground. You know, we'll keep you point. posted through that because uh, we've that's got a, a few good announcements point. Look, coming. We don't, we don't have a ton of Twitter and f- Facebook followers. I will acknowledge we're not great at updating those things, but we do multiple times every week update via Twitter and Facebook. If you want to know first what we're doing, those are the places to follow us. So Twitter or Facebook, it is Everyday Driver at both those locations. We would love to have you. We do comment, and we respond back and forth with you guys. A lot of times you guys tweet toward us, those of you who are following us. We do respond. We, we listen to the, the Facebook comments. You can find us there. We'd love to have you following. Not many of you are. If you're listening to this, we'd like to have you join us there on Twitter and Facebook, yep. so please do. Agreed. And finally, if you have your own car debate, you want to write to us, and you're curious, curious about us, Having debate, your situation, your budget, your mm-hmm. needs, your car, yep. write to us at everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. We would love to squeeze that in. We've got people writing in, and uh, we've got a mm-hmm. actually kind of a backlog here, which is kind of fun. We but do. we're getting to things backlog. as we can, and uh, so write to us with your own car debate, and uh, we will see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>